There are two types of people in the world, those who divide the world into categories and those who don't. Can you divide filmmakers the same way? To help answer that question, let me quote from the writer and director of Days and Confused, Richard Linklater. Linklater holds that indeed there are two types. Ones that had their little 8mm cameras and their trains and were setting fires and blowing them up and crashing them into each other. And then there's the ones who read a lot and were going to the theatre and maybe reading philosophy. Into which category would you put Linklater? For that matter, into which category would you put his contemporaries, Quentin Tarantino, David Fincher, Tim Burton and Michael Bay? Notice I said contemporaries, because although there is only seven years in the difference between them all, you can't call them a generation. Steven Soderbergh is around the same age, and they all emerged as important filmmakers within six years of each other. It sounds bizarre to lump these talents into this category. But demographers, historians and commentators alike refer to them as Generation X. People born in the 1960s who came of age in the late 80s and early 90s. With access to more and higher education than any prior generation, Gen Xers also benefited from more technology and economic wealth than those before them. To band them together in such a fashion would suggest they began as a collective a group of young filmmakers, all intent on shaking up the Hollywood system and striking out on their own to, well, make their own Hollywood system. Something that Coppola, Lucas and Spielberg did in the 70s. Okay, let me get back to the point about technology and economic wealth. By the late 80s, early 90s, technological innovation meant that young directors had the means to go off and make their own films on extremely low budgets. Robert Rodriguez's El Mariachi cost $7,000. Linklater spent $23,000 on his first feature, Slacker. And Kevin Smith's Clerks cost $27,000. So cheap were they that the $1.2 million Steven Soderbergh spent on Sex, Lies and Videotape sounds utterly profligate. The budget for Linklater's second film, Dazed and Confused, was a whopping $7 million, almost a million of which went on securing the rights for the songs. It was money very well spent because the soundtrack, at least for a while, earned more revenue than the film itself. I got a confession to make. What do you mean a confession? Look, you know, for like the last year or so, I've been talking about going to law school so I can be an ACLU lawyer and be in a position to help people getting fucked over and all that. Uh 
Well, <clears throat> I was standing in line at the post office yesterday, you know, and I'm looking around, and everybody's looking really pathetic. You know what I mean? I mean like, people are, like, got drool, just sort of stay and then, like, this guy's bending over. You could see the crack. It was, it was, it was just, like, wife beaters. It was, it, anyway, it was... Yeah. And, uh, and I realized I, I just want to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it sounds good and all, but I, I just have to confront the fact that I really don't like the people I've been talking about helping out. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think I like people, period. I mean, you guys are okay. I, I, I'm just trying to be honest about being a misanthrope. So you're not going to go to law school? What do you want to do then? I want to dance. Dazed and Confused takes place in Austin, Texas, and is set over a 24-hour period in the lives of high school students on graduation day. A rites of passage movie, you can find its equivalent in films dating as far back as 1955, with Nicholas Ray's Rebel Without a Cause, George Lucas's American Graffiti from 1973, Barry Levinson's Diner in 1982, John Hughes's Ferris Bueller's Day Off four years later, and Greg Mottola's Superbad from 2007. In fact, Linklater described Days and Confused as a low-budget John Hughes picture. Quote, I don't remember teenage years being that dramatic. I remember just trying to go with the flow, socialise, fit in and be cool. The stakes were really low. To get Aerosmith tickets or not. It was really rare when the star-crossed lovers from the opposite side of the tracks and the girl gets pregnant and there's a car crash and somebody dies. That didn't really happen much, but riding around and trying to look for something to do with the music cranked up, now that happened a lot. What do you reckon you're going to do? So, I don't know, man. I'll probably end up signing it. I just don't want to give in so easy. Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day. You know, if it ain't that piece of paper, some other choice are going to try and make for you. You got to do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do, man. And let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules are going to try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> <laughs> So Dazed and Confused is somewhat based on Linklater's own experience. It's not an easy thing to draw on your own experience and then translate it into something that will interest others. All too often, you're too close to the events to figure out what passes as dramatic to people who were not there. The fine act to balance is to keep it just tantalizingly out of reach, with enough familiarity to keep people connected, but to counterweight that with specific details to make the events feel authentic. That is a crucial key to understanding the way Linklater presents most of his films. With the exception of his rotoscoped pictures, Waking Life and A Scanner Darkly, his visual style resembles that of a documentary. He prefers to keep the camera at the height of the actor's eyes and rarely edits beyond the pace of the scene. In other words, he prefers things to play out in real time. Why? Because he's observing life. His stories exist in the here and now. So while Dazed and Confused was set in the summer of 1976, that hardly mattered to the characters. While history tells us, and indeed their history teacher tells them, 1976 marked the bicentennial of America's independence. But the students can look no further into the past than they can into the future. Their primary concerns are for that evening, getting wasted, getting laid, and getting Aerosmith's tickets. 
Update the name of the band, and those concerns haven't changed. I'm just saying, if we're going to go out, we're going to drive around, we should just do something. Oh. Yeah, you know, you're right, man. I'm just going to, you know, get drunk, maybe get laid or <laughs> get in a fight. No, I'm serious, man. We should be up for anything. I know, we are. But what? I mean, God, don't you ever feel like everything we do and everything we've been taught is just to service the future? Yeah, I know. It's like it's all preparation. Right, but what are we preparing ourselves for? Death. Life of the party. It's true. You know, but that's valid. Because if we're all gonna die anyway, shouldn't we be enjoying ourselves now? You know, I'd like to quit thinking of the present, like right now, as some minor insignificant preamble to something else. Exactly, man. That's what everybody in this car needs. It's some good old worthwhile visceral experience. <laughs> Dazed and Confused is a brilliantly written film. You never feel as though Linklater is trying to put words into the mouths of his characters to make a specific point. Instead, he lets the overall arc of the story take care of that. Likewise, the characters, all 40-something of them, are superbly nuanced. Smoothly rounded, you never feel as though anyone is performing. Instead, Linklater is such an attentive director that he manages to weed out any moments where the cast may drift into acting. And what a cast. Matthew McConaughey got his start here. You see Ben Affleck before he became Ben Affleck. And such is the dearth of talent on display. Rennie Zellweger, Vince Vaughn and Claire Danes all auditioned but missed out on landing roles. So you're a freshman, right? Yeah. So tell me, man, how's this year's crop of freshman chicks look? Would you gonna end up in jail sometime really soon? I know that. Fact. No, man. Yeah. No, man. I'll tell you. Yeah. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> yes, they do. Although not shot with the same Roman camera, or even recorded with the multi-track technique developed by Robert Altman. The size of Linklater's cast, with their interlinked storylines, reminds you of Altman. And the comparisons between Linklater and Altman do not end there. Like Altman, Linklater respects his talent, but is not precious about it. Instead, he is generous with it. He doesn't toil for years seeking out the masterpiece that will define him as a filmmaker. Instead, and just like Altman, he is confident that there will be another project along soon enough and he will use that to express something else. For that reason, Dazed and Confused, for all its precision, doesn't feel overstuffed with detail. Like his Before trilogy, Linklater directs by way of suggestion. Knowing that he can leave out a lot, he has faith in the audience's ability to fill in the rest. Over the course of the last two decades, Richard Linklater has put together a succession of films that hang together as gracefully and as alluringly as a string of pearls, small and perfectly shaped. In the mists of time, when he and all his contemporaries have vacated their director's chairs, when the projectors finally finish running their films, it could well be that Linklater will have amassed more masterpieces than any of them. Not that Linklater is interested in such a statistic, but as viewers, we should be. We will then know where to look to find those open spaces with living, breathing people who articulate what it means to be alive, what it means to love and hurt, and achieve and forgive. 
If Linklater had been born in Europe, he most likely would have been already heralded as a master of cinema, along the lines of such auteurs as René, Truffaut and Romer. But what does it matter whether he is American or European? They're just categories. The beauty of Linklater's films is that you can't neatly file them into any particular category. Linklater is far too fluid to be boxed in like that. He's far too much of a humanist. Mm -hmm.